Peace and infinite blessings, family. Thank you for tuning in to She Temple for our She Temple Sunday Conversations. Brought to you by Dr. Palatun Shiamaru Estates, uh, an indigenous psychology and tribal education firm. Here at the Palatun Shiamaru Estates, uh, we offer a unique perspective on mental, emotional, and spiritual destiny of indigenous peoples specializing in re-education of misnomer American Indian into our traditions and culture through oral storytelling and reintroduction of our spirituality through the um, Tuscan misnomer Mayan calendar. Again, thank you all for tuning in, taking time out on your Sunday afternoon um, for this conversation, Sheet Temple Sunday Conversations, uh, Atlantis. So I would like to take this time to introduce to some and present to others um, our, our one and only um, Dr. Palatun Shiamaru. Peace and blessings. I'd like to welcome everyone to our Sunday conversation, the She Temple of Cosmology, is what we are uh, establishing to share a message with our community and the Aboriginal Republic of North America in particular, and for humanity in general. So I'm very honored to have this opportunity to have you here and for you to take time out your busy schedule to spend time with us. Uh, today our conversation will center around uh, Atlantis, and we will talk to you on the history of Atlantis uh, and how it is important to us, why it is important to us. I will touch on many sources, but my primary source will come from Amaru Namataga Shiali. Namataga is a, is a title that means chief, and he is our Namataga, Dr. Amaru Namataga Shiali. And his uh, writing, monumental writing, The History and Origin of Cardamancy and Dero, um, Tarot Divination in America, in parentheses, Atlantis. Atlantis. Now, there are many stories about Atlantis that we have heard through time. I will touch on some of those stories, but then we will deal with the factual evidence that uh, we have been blessed to receive from our chief. But before we get to that, I like to always start all things uh, with those seven magnificent verses from the glorious Quran called Al-Fatiha, which is the key to opening the energy centers in the human being. And this is one of our uh, Aboriginal texts that dates back more than 12,900 years. So we're going to... Uh, Take from that energy today. As uh, Sufi say, we're going to drink from that ocean today uh, before we go into our, our lesson. A'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إدينا صراط المستقيم صراط الذين نمت عليهم عيل مخذوب عليهم والدولين آمين And with that being said, we shall get into our lesson for today. I want to start with Dr. Ali's writing because I love his writing and the way it is worded here. And I quote, there can be no more of an important subject to take up than this subject of the origins of tarot divination in cartomancy. We are not here to talk about black magic, devil worship, or ungodly idolatry, or a game of chance. In fact, for those who are religious, this is a study. This is a study of our prophet. It is the greatest art, of the seven sciences in human history and covers prophecy, human psychology, a study of human nature, of nature, astronomy, health, and so much more. It is the ultimate study. I repeat, it is the ultimate study. Failing of it explains all Earth history of humanity and its original inhabitants and how they spread their cultural their culture globally, which mutated into various versions that left the original undetected until today. The myth, the great myth of Atlantis, Mu, and a Western civilization of great antiquity are no longer myths. These shows the reality and the fact that the new misnomer Africans in the Americas are actually the sheep, Earth-first people. Earth-first people. They are called this in their most ancient text and in the text that followed down to the Quran, which is a late Eastern development that reconnected with the original system of cardamancy and the uh, calendar's astronomy and astrotheology that guide us, that guide it, subsequently, us. It is the aboriginals of the West and the later more Muslim cultures that fused in the areas now called the United States of America, Mexico, Central, and South America, and that, that became the target of the European of the European expansionists and the wars that ensued hid both the spiritual system and the identity of the people. We will use firsthand records to prove that this was known during colonial times and became the secret of all fraternal orders amongst Europeans, Arabs, Jews, Africans, and Asians. The central areas of the civilization still bear the name of its people as Mexico bears the name. Me, she, call. 
a code for the people who founded the oldest civilization on earth and assembled its oldest religion, the religion of the stars, placed into a 52-image deck that we call playing cards. It is a calendar that is the mother book of prophetic science, divination, human psychology, anatomy, physiology, and astronomy. I repeat, the playing cards are not, it is not a game. It was never designed to be a game. And I'm going to read something to you uh, from another writing that is a bit older and that bears the history of what was hidden from us. We know that this wisdom was hidden. We know that it was hidden to keep us from knowing who we are and our true place in the earth. We know that. Through our research, through our looking into indigenous traditions, uh, versus white science or Eurocentric science. Uh, when we really uh, delve into the dirt, if you will, <laughs> and do our own studying, studying of the stars and its cosmology, you know, and I'll veer off for just a second here and, and add this to you, a statement to you. You know, our study of the cosmology as, as, our, as our chief has stated it, and I, I've read his words on this, would connect the human family. And as I begin to, stu- as I begin to uh, utilize this system of uh, cardomancy every day of my life to chart my life, my businesses, and the lives of my family and my clients, I see more and more into the wisdom of the ancestors in developing the system and how time is not what we have been made to believe by these uh, pseudo uh, spiritual people that time is an illusion. I mean, it's not an illusion. Time is a measurement from one point to another, from one space in history to another space in history. But it is very real, as real as the planets are revolving on their axes, rotating around the sun as it rotates around the Hunabku, which was the mantra we listened to at the beginning of this service. Let me get to this point I wanted to make in this writing that I discovered and it might shock you. And it might not shock you. I had it cued. I know I sound like a whole, a whole scientist or something, a whole crazy man, but I am not. I assure you that I just lost my place. But let me move further into my, into my conversation. Because there's greater reasons here why this information has been hidden from you. 
and why we don't understand where we came from and who we are. And this is important that we come into the knowledge of ourselves now. It's important that we have these groupings weekly, that we will bring our families together to hear a message that separates you. It gives you a moment of peace and tranquility. It gives you a moment to reflect on who you are. And many talk, much talk today is about the ancestors. And your true ancestors is really the essence of you, the elements of you. And we get down to the core of that and how it operates in your being. Now we are operating on a much higher frequency, a much higher frequency. And when we begin to function and get higher in frequency above, now the earth is about 7.8 circuits per second. So we need to increase our vibration, at least to that point. And then through meditation and focus on natural uh, remedy, natural law, natural government, this brings our vibration higher. Eating a carbon-based diet, centering our life around spiritual pursuits within that vein of spiritual pursuits that flows through everything that we do in our society. Cosmology is the root of everything that we do within Arna. It is the root. It is, it is like a seed planted in the earth where the root goes down and is nourished by the carbon-based soil and it draws its nutrients up into the shoot that is seeking the sun and now we have vegetation that we can consume and give us life that is properly attenuated to the sun. This is what this truth is. And this is what it does. When you hear it, mm, when you hear this truth, it goes into the ear. The ear, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. Right? But the speed of sound is 1,121 feet per second. So the speed of sound is, is much slower than the light. But when the speed of sound, when words strike the ear at the speed of sound, that word is like a seed. It's a seed. And it goes into the ear that, if you look, is like a womb. And when it enters the ear, it goes into the mind, and now it begins to germinate in the darkness of your mind. The condition that your life is in, the atmosphere that you exist in, uh, these polarities begin to shape you and form you. That's a word that we spoke of in the beginning. <clears throat> we said, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Right? We said, That word, Rab, right there, Rab, means, Lord, nourish the sustainer of life until it reaches its eventual perfection. Now, it is how you incline to righteousness or you incline to uh, lowness or wrongness, if that's the term. Whichever way you lean in your functionality or your dysfunctionality will determine the outcome. Nothing spooky about this. It has to be calculated. And this is what our ancestors saw a beautiful methodology over 42 octillion years in our history. And we're able to calculate this for us. 
that we will be able to see and understand our own human design. Back to the text for a moment. Dr. Ali writes on page 10, Atlantis and its inhabitants. In the effort to to substitute, I'm sorry, in, in the effort to substantiate our ancestral heritage and its invention of what is now called cartomancy, tarot, cardiology, I will discuss the origins of the word Atlantis. Who are the first to discuss this word? Who are the first to discuss the word? Where did it come from? How did the Greeks get the word? How did the Americans spread it to the Greeks? How did the Egyptians know the wars between Atlantis and the Athenians? Hmm? What records were available? How did the divination system of originating in America spread to Africa, Asia, and Europe? How did all these things happen? One of the uh, citations, our chief note, the Platonic Dialogue, uh, Timetheus and Critesis, written about 360 BC, relate through the voice of Critias how the Athenian statesman Solon in 638 through 558 BC traveled to Egypt in the city of Sa'id, S-A-I-S, encountered the priest of the goddess Ni. A very aged priest tells him that 9,000 years earlier, I'm going to take a sip of my tea on that. A very aged priest tells him that 9,000 years earlier, Athens had been in conflict with the great power of Atlantis, which was then destroyed in a catastrophe. This was written by Plato Timetheus. Plato's dialogue does not not mention a name for the priest, but uh, the Plutarch 46-120 AD in the life of Solon identified the aged priest as uh, excuse my, my, my translating these terms, Sonchis, S-O-N-C-H-I-S. You can research these terms for yourself. Note, the comment, and this is important, the comment of 9,000 years from Solon of the destruction of Atlantis by a catastrophe matches approximately 12,000 years ago today, the exact time of the major global catastrophe or pole shift of earthquakes and massive melting of polar ice over North America, commonly called the deluge, which would have been massive tsunamis uh, caused by the pole shift and corresponding earthquakes. This is the bottleneck. This is the bottleneck we witnessed with massive migrations from the west to the west coast of Africa by some of the aboriginals from America who stated, I'm sorry, who started the pre-dynastic periods, which later uh, centralized into what we call 
kidnapped by the Moray or the Mora. I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to another text because I want you to see a comparison of what is going on today that also was going on in the time of Atlantis when it fell. We're going to get there in just one moment, but I want to share this, this with you because I want you to see how they painted the picture to eliminate you. Now, this is taken from uh, a text, Atlantis and Other Worlds. This book is very uh, renowned. It stars, the heroes once worshipped in Atlantis became the gods later worshipped in Egypt and Greece. Okay? It starts with that fallacy. We continue. It was not for nothing that Plato described Atlantis as that sacred island. Its inhabitants built many temples for different gods. On each of the capital's land rings, the identity and significance of all these immortals have been lost. But a close reading of Plato's dialogue, plus an examination of those Egyptian and Greek deities with uh, discernibility, should restore some of the Atlanteans' spiritual worldview. Now, when I begin to do this research and I begin to see what they what they what they attributed to uh, uh, Eurocentric. Uh, people uh, in the in this so-called Atlantean worldview are really indigenous ideals of nature and how we functioned on this plane of existence prior to that nine thousand years uh, deluge. Now, I didn't want this whole talk to be a, a, a scientific lesson, so I want to go a little bit further, and I want to talk about. Why it's important to understand the knowledge that we are sharing every day in its origin and how it should function in your life. Well, not how it should function in your life. Uh, we're not about controlling your daily life. I want to uh, offer you uh, some inspiration for your week, and you can do it as you choose. I hope it will guide you deeper into your cosmological practice. And I know I get right. I get emails all the time from nationals and non-nationals alike, and many of their questions relating to our spiritual system. Uh, I want you all to begin to understand. And I'm speaking from the position of Chief uh, Minister of the Ministry of Cosmology and Spirituality for the Aboriginal Public of North America. And I say this in great humility. I need you to go deeper. I need you to go deeper. My conversations extending are extending globally. And my conversations with other cultures, they are looking to you for guidance. They are looking to, for us to restore the pieces that are missing in their own cosmological system. And we have the information. We have the wisdom, the knowledge, the know-how to really help them map their, uh, their cosmologies back together and link all of us, indigenous people, Autonomous people, all of us who came from the Zappa tree, hmm? all of us who were birthed originally from the trees, and we are the offspring of them. 
We are the we are the ones who come from those who are so anxious that we were before Atlanta. We were before uh, anything that you see on this plane of existence. We were here. We came with the earth. And the great master teacher, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, taught us that we threw stars into existence. That we put the planets out there. That we made or grew the planet from their beginning. In the Zaphistile, depicting the origins of the sheep, the Awu or Namataga, the chief, is holding a writing utensil. The people are being birthed from the tree. The tree represents the Earth's magnetic field. It represents the key to debunking current evolutionary theory. All organisms were birthed from trees on this planet. The ancient trees were much more complex organisms than what we see today. The low tree is Zappa, I-Z-A-P-A. You all go and research this. Look it up. Look at the low tree. You can see the Namataga breathing in one side of the tree, and you can see human beings coming into uh, uh, birth, being birthed out of the opposite side of the tree. Hmm? They are ancient American tree stumps that you and I see, and we think they are tree uh, mountains, but they are tree stumps, huge, that have been here since the Earth's cataclysm, what we call the Earth's Venus. Now, I want to uh, turn the energy down just a little bit, I guess, because I do get very excited about these things. But here's the part of my conversation that I want you to if you're if you're paying attention to anything else, just give me your undivided attention just for a few minutes, because this comparison is is very interesting. And I found this text that was written back in the 1992. I'm sorry, 1982, between 82 and 86, by a friend of mine, Ian Owens, who is a master at the cards, and he said. A Pluto year has a lot to do with the ending of things. The old dying away, making space for the new. However, in the 21st century, it has become important. In the 21st century, it is becoming more about power and destruction. One cannot fail to see a repetition of the downfall of the Atlantis story happening right in front of us. And all around the same oblivion of the masses, those in control losing it. Science gone berserk and kaboom. Also, uh, this year, there could be more major health factors, which can cause trouble. Uh, both of one's own, but also the health of others. Uh, if one is laid up and unable to work or overwork, taking care of another with tight with uh, time for oneself, it all it will be a strong transformative energy throughout this year. 
And we saw this uh, with the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn uh, at the end of our last Ramadan. And here we are approaching a year later, and we can see the intensity of all these traumas going on in the world. But yet, those of us who are living within our nature, who are living in our right status, and not taking it for granted, though I'm being honest with you, those of us who are committed to the way of life, are prospering. It reminds me of a biblical story that I believe one of the prophets saw bees making honey inside a dead carcass of a lion. And that that symbology tells me that, that a lion is a fierce, ferocious beast, but here it is, bees making honey in its dead carcass, a place where bees don't generally make honey. So it shows me that teamwork and effort is going on inside a decaying civilization. It shows me that there's a centralized government going on inside a decayed civilization. It shows me the honey is not for you and me. The bees don't make honey for you and I. The bees make honey for them. They are self-sufficient, making their own resources to feed their own. This is an example for you and I. You can't sit around now and cry. Oh, woe is me. Oh, it's over. No. This is a planetary shift. And those who make it through planetary shifts are those who are able to get still and quiet. When the pole shifts take place, the earth will go dark for 36 to 72 hours. There will be no mind operating because the uh, magnetic field will not be operating on the earth, which carries minds, communication, everything will stop. Those who survive, when they do, when the earth does come back online, you will not even know who you are. Now that event, according to the calculations, will happen in just about 9,000 years. This gives you time to prepare your lineage by following the principles laid out today. This gives us an opportunity to grow to our highest state of human development as who we are, not just getting back to who we are, but becoming greater than who we are. We are not to repeat Atlantis. Atlantis fell for a reason. Akibalon fell. The Moorish Empire fell. Everything that fell, we learn and we extract what is useful. But we're building something that has never been known on this planet. In this age, we are the seed of a whole new generation. Point number 12 of what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote on the back page of the Muhammad Speaks. He taught us that we would set up a universal government of peace where we could all live in peace together. Let me talk about peace for a minute. I want to bring your attention to a post I made this week with reference to Nikah. 
which is marriage. But marriage is a contract. So let's talk about our contract with one another so that we can not repeat the downfall of our ancestors. Atlantis was at the height of civilization. Atlantis had communications all over the planet. The mystical skulls came out of Atlantis and were placed at different points all over the earth so that they had a sense of communication. Wisdom and knowledge came from there. <laughs> it's a Tibetan. Their knowledge came from there. The she, all the known world extracted wisdom from that center. That's the sign of you. I'm telling you with a surety that the world is seeking you. The world is watching you. Not just your friends, not just the people you know in your in your in your groups, in your jurisdictions, in your uh, uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, in your region. No, the globe. 196 million nine hundred and forty thousand square miles of Earth. Six sextillion tons. The unit followed by twenty-one ciphers. That planet, that's positioned 93 million miles from the sun, that planet is watching you. Now, what responsibility do we have? In the lessons given to us by Master Faraj Muhammad, he said the duty of a civilized person is to teach civilization to those who are uncivilized. The duty of a civilized person is to teach civilization to those who are uncivilized. How do we do that, I say? I say we do that through example. I say that we don't allow the technology of the world and the ways of the colonizer to creep into our uh, utopia, to creep into our oasis, to creep into our universal government of peace. We cannot allow the ways of the colonizer. We cannot come into this way of life and be yet with the cavey ways. When I reach back into the annals of history and I look at the cosmic plate and I look at the crown line and I see the king, the queen, and the jack, and I see the perfect state of humanity, the perfect state of mating when man was at his perfect state, when woman was at her perfect state, and when we produce perfect offspring. This is what we have to get back to. That's the journey. How can we do that? If we only uh, submit ourselves to this truth a half an hour on weekends, how can we do that? If we allow ourselves to bicker and fight and allow the agents who have honeycombed our organizations and our groups for the last 50 years to continue to incite us. How can we do that? We go within. We go within. We have to separate. We have to separate. And the separation begins in your mind. The separation begins by you divorcing yourself 
from those things that you have married yourself to, that you have become a those to. <clears throat> what do I mean? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up for you because I know y'all got stuff to do today. And, uh, and I'm going to let you get to what you got to get to. But I want to share this with you because there is an aspect of Atlantis in our history that we don't look at. We only want to praise the good part, but we won't look at the weaknesses. And when you don't look at the weaknesses, you won't see where you made your mistakes in the past. Hmm? And if we don't see where we made our mistakes in the past, we continue to repeat them. History, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us, is best to reward for the researcher. Nikah, God, is a core word. Misnomed Arabi, term for marriage. It is the most common way of marriage in Islam. It is the legitimate contract signed by the bride and the groom before entering the marriage with their acceptance. Engagement is the pre-stage of marriage. Now, in our society, we believe in courting. In courting, uh, you get to know a person. You take them to court, so to speak. You investigate them. You get to understand who they are and what they think and how they're Actually, you get to understand their chart first. You read their chart. You understand if this person should even be uh, a person that you should pursue or vice versa. And then after you understand your potentialities with each other, you move forward towards understanding deeper in if it's uh, a, a union that can become a marriage or a, a, a true nikah, where two halves become one. Now, I bring this up in relation to the, devout, the downfall that we see in humanity. And we can trace that back to the breakup of family. We can see it in the charts. We can see it in the history. And this has been going on not just for the last 400 years or 500 years. This downfall has happened since the deportation of moon. Since the Earth-Venus-Moon conflict. This uh, downfall in the man, the woman, and the child has continued to exist. How do we heal? In order to heal, first of all, the parties have to be willing. That, that's the first part right there. Willing. Willing to be open to communicate with each other. Willing to be to uh, accept your own faults, willing to get past the past. This is a major issue, a major issue. Getting past your flaws, getting past other people's flaws, getting past your past. You will not, for some reason, seek to become present. This is essential. This is the, the, the most important uh, thing that you could do in your life as far as spirituality and being at peace is concerned. You can't have peace if you're not centered. You can't have peace if your mind is all over the place. 
There's a word I said in the beginning, again, those seven verses that I repeated in Arabic or in Quran, as I, we have been taught correctly by our chief, and I, I watched his breakdown of it recently, and it, it, it is it's magnificent. And in all my studies of Arabic, I, I really love his approach to uh, deciphering the, the, the history and taking us back to the root of understanding the terminology. So, in the beginning, I said, "Audu billah means to seek refuge, to seek refuge in Allah. Originally, in our language, "Hela," as we hear, "Hela, Hela, 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 we hear these terminologies in the chants of, of indigenous people, and don't realize that they borrowed those chants from Aboriginal people. They came from us. So when we look into the terminology and we see, Shaitan, the Arab would tell us it means the devil. Then we translate that word and say devil is, you know, we've been taught that the devil is a guy with a pitchfork and a long tongue, a long tail and horns. He's under the ground. You know, hell is three times hotter than the sun, yet the earth is 7,000. Uh, 7,896 miles in diameter, which half of that would be uh, just over 3,000 miles from the bottom of your feet, which tells me that the bottom of your feet is seven times hotter than the sun, which is 14 billion degrees. I don't know how hot the sun is off the top of my head, but suffice it to say, I know that the core of this planet is not hotter than the sun. These are the fictions that you've been taught and that we are passing on to our children. Shaitan, shaitan. Shet means mind. Tat means two. It's from the root two. Shaitan means two minds, to be double-minded. You cannot have tawheed, which is oneness, if you have shaitan, if you have double-mindedness. So whenever we enter into any endeavor, I say, This is to bring my mind into a central focus of what I'm about to embark upon. It is essential. It is essential. I close with this statement. When you begin to raise Salah, and I say raise Salah because we don't make Salah. Salah is a force of energy. It comes from the root word that means fire. There's a fire within your being in the Salah. Right? So when you raise that energy within yourself, the Quran says, raise the last. That was for somebody. Go read it. So when you, when you feel that, in, when you prepare to raise that energy, you have to divorce yourself from anything that would distract your mind. You have to pull your mind into oneness with the breath that you speak as you begin to raise the energy with consciousness. It's not about connecting to a being outside of yourself. Is about connecting to the inner being of yourself and evolving that, that you can bring that energy up into the sanctum sanctorium, which sits in the crown of your head. You are the God. And when you raise this Allah, it's about the energy in you. When we make dua, it's about sending energy out when you're seeking information from someone else. When you're about to raise the last, 
the Quran says that you should make wudu. Wudu is to, to wash your hands up to the elbow, to wash your face, wipe over your head, and wash your feet. Now, I know that uh, many people would say, oh, brother, you, you know, the Arab, they'd say, wash your elbow up to the elbow three times, uh, three times, the face three times, the ears, rinse your mouth out, your nose, wash your feet, wipe over your, your head three times. But none of this is in the Quran. What I mentioned previously is in the Quran, wipe over your head, wash your hands up to the elbows, wash your face and feet. These are the things that you're washing. Why are you washing? Uh, to be clean. No, this is about breaking the cycle. This is to be done with cold water, not nice, warm, lukewarm water. This is to be done cold water. Why? Because as soon as your hand touches the cold water, it snaps your attention back from whatever your focus was on. You cool the areas that heat up during the proper circulation of the energy in your body, your head, your face, your hands, and your feet. If you're moving your energy through your body and breathing properly as you raise this force within yourself, these areas will heat up. Chi Temple teaches this. The Aboriginal University teaches this. You don't get this anywhere. This is the depth of what we are practicing. We go into the mathematics, the mathematical theology, and we use it here in the proper terms. As this energy moves through the being. Oh, I wanted to say this point. One of the, one of the ways to uh, prepare for raising the salat doesn't even require water. Yun requires that you touch earth, soil, sand on your hands, face, feet. So it gives us a sense here that it's not about being clean physically. It's about cooling those areas that heat up for those uh, mukmen or unconditioned ones, people who are not conditioned to this dunya, this world, people who are conditioned to be a higher initiate into a spiritual reality, which is understanding the book. And that book, that kitab, is you in sand, the human. But you are forgetful. And that's why we have today in our midst a divine reminder in the personage of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, alayhi salam. And in his absence, we have his work. We have his students, his sons. Spreading that word, listen for truth. Listen for his visage in the work. That's what we're looking for. Force times distance equals work. Force times distance equals work. I don't believe that we should waste our time uh, communicating and talking about things that keep us on a low base level. If you can't get over things that are troubling you, that are low in your life, you can easily uh, just go to powertunshiamaru.org and make an appointment with me or one of my interns to talk through your issues and we'll gladly help you. The first consultation is about solving your problem. After that, it's just solution. I don't stay in the problems. You have to learn to move past your problems. You have to learn to not sit in a moment so long that it becomes concretized in you. You know, emotions are like wet cement. And when you pour wet cement, it becomes uh, very easy to remove if you, you could remove it with a water hose initially. 
as soon as you pour it. But then if you let it sit a while, you need pressure. If you let it sit a day, you need a jackhammer. And your emotions are like this. We get attached to things. We get attached to feelings. We get attached to pain. And then the pain body begins to take us over. And this is what happened in Atlanta. They got attached to all their wonderful achievements and all their great abilities. And they begin to worship their ability. This can happen here. See history. Look at all of the great civilizations of the world. We have to come back. And we have to realize that the core of us, when you get that sun card, you are the sun in your solar system. You are. And everything in your environment revolves around you. And what's up to you? What kind of nourishment are you giving? What are you feeding that which revolves around you? Because I rest assured in knowing that whatever you send out is coming back. Whatever you send out is coming back. This isn't karma. This is math. Very clearly, mathematics. I'm going to close out with a meditation. I'm going to ask Cindy to uh, play the music again in one minute. Uh, I want you all to please continue to listen in every week at She Temple of Cosmology here Sundays at 2 p.m. on Clubhouse. Uh, we are trying to expand the message and move it across the board uh, and really touch lives across the world and really help everyone to see the importance of uh, a spiritual root within your governmental base. You can't have one without the other. You have to have strong government, but you have to have a strong spiritual uh, base flowing through that government. And why not have a base that is ours? Well, all our ancestors told us we came from the stars. So let us look to our home and realize now, in this time, that we can birth a new reality on this planet, just like the Zappa did, coming out. If we listen to the breath of life coming through the Namathaga, that is coming through the tree that is birthing life. If you listen for it, you will see the Earth's magnetic field in the tree. And when you birth, and you take that breath, you will be connected to it. Let us meditate.
you comfortably and close your eyes. Remembering that energy follows awareness. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose. Allow that breath to travel down into the abdomen. Hold it. Exhale through the mouth. Inhale through the nose. Power to go deep down into the abdomen again. Hold it. Take a little more in. Through the mouth. Take your right index and you can put it over your right nostril. Inhale through the nose, taking it down to the mouth. Exhale through the mouth. Repeat. Finger on the left nostril. Inhale into the right nostril. Inhale deeply. Exhale through the mouth. Now put your right finger over your right nostril. Inhale through the nostril. Deep, deep down to the abdomen. Exhale through the mouth. Repeat. Focus your mind on the Hunakum, which is the center of the universe. You can imagine it, you can see it in your mind's eye. Know that that central point in the universe, Sagittarius A, is where all energy is emanating. And you can turn to this point and draw energy from this point with just the thought at any moment. Know that you are bathed in the light of that beautiful carbon energy. And all that light of the sun. And all the energy of the universe and the planets corresponding and touching Earth's magnetic field that are charging us. Know that. Accept that. <clears throat> Allow it to resonate in your life. Allow it to fuel your purpose. That you can move forward today, tomorrow, and I pray that each of you will be blessed this week with an energy that is insurmountable and that your whole family will move in joy and unity and harmony and obey natural law and love. Peace and blessings. You have a wonderful day.
odd individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diang. Cindy Ashley Production. Ashley Production. Ashley Production. Ashley Production.